Here we go. I'm Maddie. And I am Ryan. And this is The Mutant Ages, a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men and also write fan fiction about ourselves <laughs> as though we were mutants. And if you haven't listened to every other episode of this series featuring me and Ryan and our friends, our real life friends as mutants who work with the X-Men, you might be a little confused about this week's episode. Uh, over to you, Ryan. Why don't you explain it? Maddie's like, here, I'm going to hand you the microphone because this is batshit craziness that I got talked into. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, so if you have listened to the listener mail segments, at the end of each listener mail, there's been a special episode of The Mutant Ages, the comic book, which features Maddie, myself, Todd, and Katie, and sometimes our other friend named Maddie, who goes by Madeline in there to distinguish between us. Uh, with Mutant Powers working with the X-Men, trying to sew together plot holes that have been left open by all the different TV shows and movies that we're watching featuring the X-Men. Uh, and that's basically what that is. In the last episode we read, it was it's always been like just a story. like a, I would like to say a quick story, but Maddie would absolutely point out that I don't know no, what the meaning of not. quick They're is. They're usually at least 30 minutes. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, uh, I feel like Ryan forgot to do the other really important thing about this episode, which is explain that not only has he written a 64-page television <laughs> script, he's also brought on our two guests. This is the first time we've had a four-person mutant ages ever. Todd and Katie are here on the line and they will be playing themselves in this script and we're all going to be playing the x-men as well in addition to kind of like our live role our live streams but yes, todd and katie although, say hey normally, <laughs> how's now that for a cold open <laughs> there you go Um, so the other important thing to know about this script is, okay, so should we list off all the parts each of us are playing, Ryan, or would you rather... No, that- we'll just we'll just, we'll just go along and just read it, because in the script, it introduces them when they walk in, so like... Nobody nobody is going to confuse us for each other. I no, just, no, 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 I'm just going to throw Todd, that out there. <laughs> no, you misunderstand me. I'm saying, do they know, for example, what other X-Men characters I'm playing? Can't they tell just from my voice acting? It's very flattering that you would suppose they might. But... <laughs> I don't know. Okay, we currently have Maddie cast as both Gambit. And, I mean, so both Cable and Wolverine. So yeah, there may be go really well. So okay, Ryan so here we go. Um, anyway. I'm playing the roles of myself and Gambit, Mister Sinister, and Mojo. Um, I think that's it. You are uh, also playing the role of Mojo in our lives in this moment. That's so that absolutely true. Uh, Maddie's going to be playing Logan and the other Maddie, who's not here for this, but she'll just for the sake of having her play both Maddies, that's happening. She's also playing Cable. Mm-hmm. Katie's going to be doing Jubilee and 
I forget who the other one was. Mystique. 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 And then Todd is Emma, Beast, and Xavier. So anyway, so basically the point of this is that the last episode, all the all of our characters got sucked into a TV to go with the Mojiverse, and I had been like planning to do this like WandaVision parody for a while, and uh, everyone's just gonna be reading their parts, and I think there's not anything else to say about that. Um, other than that, we are now in the Mojiverse, which is the only reason why this script is happening. And I thank all of you for entertaining my absolutely absurd ideas because this is 100% a Ryan Pagella special that I know all of you are used to, but I'm not sure if our listeners are. So, uh, well, they welcome. are in the sense that they've been hearing you read 100% fan fiction. I got to have the amazing experience of linking the Golden Girls theme song in the Slack and you saying out of nowhere, Oh, I needed this for that episode. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Which, looking at the folks, very beginning of Folks, script, I did not put the Golden Girls theme in Slack because of this episode. It just sort of happened. All right, here we go. Cue the opening credits. Uh, and here we go. Thank you for being mutants. Super queer and here for recruitment. Your power's true, you're all X-Men and X-Students. <laughs> and when you go on missions with the whole Mutant Ages crew, you would see that every mutant here is gay, and they would smile and say, thank you for being mutants. I'm dancing. You can't see it, but I am dancing. Yep. Yay! We're all dancing. And Mojo says, Mutant Vision is filmed in front of a live TV audience. So, interior, Lebeau Manor, day. Imagine the Golden Girls set. It's literally just that. Maddie sits on the couch reading a book. There is a scream from the kitchen. Ryan runs in through the door in a panic and across the living room. Maddie ignores all of this. He grabs a fire extinguisher, then stands behind Maddie. Then I yell, I put the cake in the oven for 60 minutes instead of 30. What do I do? Uh, Cue the Dick Van Dyke theme. Uh, Ryan dramatically runs across the room. He trips, falls, gets back up, and runs to the kitchen door. Maddie turns the page in her book. There's a huge explosion and another scream. (laughs) Maddie sighs, gets up, and walks into the LeBeau Manor kitchen. There is smoke billowing through the room. There's a cake sitting on the stove, on fire. Ryan picks up the fire extinguisher, but comically cannot hold it as it sprays, and he spins around the kitchen, spraying it in circles. Maddie calmly walks over to Ryan, takes the fire extinguisher from his hands, and puts out the fire. Ryan quickly grabs the burnt cake and opens the window. Cue laugh track. And then then I go, oh, hi, Richard. Your hair looks great. Well, I know you're bald, but that's a clean shave. Okay, well, have a nice day. Ryan launches the burnt cake out the window. You hear a clunk and a man scream. Ryan slams the window shut. Cue laugh track. Who's laughing at me? Do you need some help in here? With the baking? No, Betty. With the gardening. Well, I don't think the gardener will mind. The cake will go nicely with the burnt popcorn in the bushes. (sighs) I meant with the baking, Betty. Oh, don't worry. I have everything under control. Ryan leans against a counter where there is a conveniently glass of milk, which immediately spills and splashes everywhere. Seriously? Again? 
Cue laugh track. Katie walks into the room in her PJs. What the hell do you think this is? The Great British Bake Off? I was trying to bake a cake for the Cloakey fundraiser tomorrow, but it just turned into your 20th birthday party all over again. Oh, Estelle, are you just waking up? I was having a wonderful dream. Goliath's wing was injured, Tiger tripped and hurt his knee, Loki realized he needed me to be his mom. That sounds really weird. It was touching, until there was the sound of the screeching seagull in the room. Then I woke up and realized it was Chef Ramsay over here. Chef Ramsay's here? Yes, Betty. Julia Child and him are going to do a special night right here in the kitchen. We can't have anyone in here like this. I gotta clean! Ryan neurotically starts wiping up the milk. Once he's actually cleaning the mess, not a secret line of dust that nobody on this planet can see. Well, at least some of us clean, Estelle. Your pumpkin carving knives are still in the sink. And you left a water bottle in the living room. Can we not do this right now, guys? Todd walks into the room. What in the batshit hell is happening in here? Betty discovered Seagull Man. I'm gonna go ahead and pretend that I know what that is supposed to mean. Was the kitchen on fire? How does he know? <laughs> well, the... <laughs> Line! The smoke billowing out of the oven might be a hint. Betty was trying to bake a cake for the Cloakie fundraiser tomorrow. It didn't go over well. He set the cake on fire, ran into the living room to get the fire extinguisher, tripped and fell, sprayed the fire extinguisher everywhere, threw the cake out the window, and spilled milk. I don't know how he's okay. Magic, I guess, we'll never know. Cue laugh track. (laughs) What is that? It's the dance of a moron. You didn't hear that laughter? The only laughter we'll hear is mine when you fall on your ass spinning around like a flutterby flying fairy. Okay, Back the fuck up to the part where the fire extinguisher was in the living room. Are you seriously going to question just that part? If I could minimize the window on this whole conversation, I would. <laughs> it doesn't It doesn't matter. What matters is that the Cloakie fundraiser is tomorrow, and I feel like we don't even have anything to help... Uh, help... Wait, Cloakie? Everyone freezes in place. Cue phone rain. The phone rains, and rains and rains. Maddie looks around at everyone frozen in time. What the hell is this charades shit? Okay, fine. I'll get it. Maddie walks over to the phone and picks it up. Hello? Oh, I guess Sage has lines here. KDB Sage. Maddie? Where are you? (laughs) Who the hell's Maddie? The line goes dead. Maddie holds up the receiver and realizes the cord isn't attached to anything. Everyone starts to move again. The Cloakie Foundation has been helping LGBTQ youth with safety tips, education, and providing a safe space for them to be themselves. I know exactly two things about the Cloakie Foundation. One, the thing Betty just said, and two, they always appear after the credits in children's cartoons. Seems kind of annoying. I think the Cloakie Foundation is great. Well, you are the epitome of annoying. Betty's right, though. We will need some kind of miracle to pull off this fundraiser. Gambit enters the room, his shirt half unbuttoned and looking hot as hell. Q Woo. Did somebody say Rue's name? Oh, God, I have to talk. (laughs) Where the hell are those sounds coming from? Rue don't know the answer to that. Nobody even in his bedroom right now. They all left last night. What kind of orgy were you having last night that sounded like cats wailing on a sailboat? The one where he was performing the role of Captain Commando. Oh, thank you, B, for that image of a horny musical version of Cats. Or literally just the Thundercats. Rue can have a good time with anyone. Perhaps too good a time. Gambit looks over at the spilled milk and general mess in the kitchen. 
and Rue wasn't even here to have a good time. I'm going to go ahead and bring this back around to the Cloaky fundraiser. We need a plan. We need a cake. Just on cue, Professor Xavier is wheeled in by Cyclops. Xavier holds a huge perfect cake. I forgot that Cyclops is here. Somebody needs to be Cyclops. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I can... Well, I guess I could do it. I'll probably be... All right. Because you're already being Xavier. Uh, cue yeah. audience cheer. Really? We're cheering for this? Is it someone's birthday? Because I have a cake. <laughs> oh, Dr. Charlie, you're so funny. <laughs> Was there even a joke there? Just your friendly neighborhood doctor. <laughs> oh, Dr. Charlie, you're just so witty. Isn't he so witty, you guys? Dr. Charlie is the best. I'm Cyclops. <laughs> hey, uh, B, do we still have that shovel out back? I may need to bury something soon. Oh, you mean the cake? Yes, Betty the cake well it doesn't even matter because it looks like xavier has the cake and it's not even a lie i was really hoping we weren't gonna go there (laughs) fuck (laughs) you got this you got this it's fine everything's fine don't worry neighbors no one ever lies here (laughs) lying is bad and that's why I am truthful about my intentions, just like the mission of the Cloaky Foundation. Speaking of the Cloaky Foundation, Dr. Charlie, did you secure the event space for the fundraiser? Well, that is why I'm here. I can't decide on an accent. Really. That's good enough. Good enough. You see, the, 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 the Elder Baron Convention Center double booked an event in the Hell Brooklyn for a second. They had to cancel our contract. I'm afraid we're we're we are without location. <laughs> well, that's a bummer. We have nothing for the fundraiser, and now we lost the Elder Baron Space Casino. Convention Center. What? The Elder Baron Convention Center. That's what I said. The Elder Baron Convention Center. We don't have a location, and you know how Jennifer's going to be. What's she going to be? A firefighter, Betty. Really? Then she could have helped me in the kitchen. Oh, for fuck's sake, Betty. Bitch is going to be mad. Oh. If we only had another venue. Oh, that's right. Rue's got a trick up his sleeve. I hope it's not another deck of cards you're going to drop everywhere again. <laughs> that was a new deck share. It was slippery, mon ami. And we can host the event right here. The Lebeau Manor has entertained hundreds of guests over the years. Hundreds? That's a generous underestimate. But also not a bad idea. There's plenty of space here, and the kitchen's fully equipped with uh, Oreos and cheesecake. And we have Super Smash Brothers. Break that out, and you'll miss the entire party. Like you missed the ball dropping on New Year's Eve. That did happen. <laughs> it did happen. Real life story, everyone. <laughs> when we were too busy playing Smash Brothers to actually be present for the party we were at. Um, well, that settles it then. We'll host a fundraiser right here in Rue's beautiful home. Rue will make his spicy jambalaya. I can create decorations. I can organize a band to play music. I can email everyone updated invites to the fundraiser. And I can run around and point out my watch while screaming, We're out running out of time! <laughs> Please, that would imply that you would be running on time. <laughs> That settles it then. What better way to celebrate a foundation based on helping others than bringing the community into the heart of your home? I'll go home and deactivate the guns I have stored in my front lawn before everyone arrives <laughs> tomorrow. Cheerio! <laughs> Cyclops wheels Xavier out of the house. Everyone goes into separate parts of the Lobo Manor to get ready for the big day. Uh, cue transition music one. Exterior Princess Peach Bar night. 
cue Cheers music, Logan runs out of an alley in a panic. He looks around. He's freaking out. Be glad there's one place in the world where everybody knows your name. The hell is this shit, bub? And they're always glad you came. What? What? <laughs> Logan looks around for the voices singing, popping his claws, and trips over some trash cans. They ain't remembering my name. Nobody remembers anything. But, but I know, I know my memories. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Logan walks off screen. The camera zooms in on a window above a staircase going to the bar. Interior: Princess Peach Bar Night. Madeline is at the bar wiping some glasses. A few people sit around the bar watching the Mario Kart race on TV. Logan <laughs> barges into the car, into the bar, claws out. Okay, I know we had Maddie playing Maddie's role, but yeah, I think you Katie. Yeah, have to rethink that one. I think Katie, <laughs> can you read for the other Madeline? I had a feeling that was coming. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Okay, okay. thank you, Katie. As much fun as a completely schizophrenic <laughs> Maddie Myers <laughs> monologue for Maddie would be. be here for that. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, I'm going to do that later when Logan runs into cable, I'm sure. So, anyway. Oh, yeah. Where the hell am I? The, the bar. bar. <laughs> <laughs> he just dies. Where did you come from? The cast reunion of Greece? Madeline? No, Theodora. But if Madeline calls, I'll make sure to tell her that you're not here. You ain't thinking straight. You don't know who you are. And you do? Looks like you're an unshaven Fred Flintstone cosplaying Danny Zuko. <laughs> the people at the bar laugh and all high-five each other. Logan leans over the bar and grabs Madeline by her tie. Listen, princess, my memories may be a little jumbled, but this place ain't right. Rogue walks over with her giant hair and wearing a huge apron. Who let the fair raccoon in here? Is there a problem? Madeline swiftly spins out of her tie while pouring a martini. Only that I haven't been awarded for my sick moves. Hugh audience cheer. Logan grabs Rogue. Rogue, snap out of it. The only snapping I will be doing is when I break your body in half, trash rat. Get those claws off of me. Rogue pushes Logan away. But if you want to put <gasps> yourself to good use, I could use those knives to cut up fruit in the cocktail. These ain't knives, bub. Want to take a closer look? I don't like the tone you're talking. Back off or I'll pull your lip up over your head. Save the Cirque du Soleil act. I've got a better solution. Madeline pulls out some Angel's Envy whiskey and pours a glass. She slides it across the bar towards Logan. It will help take the pressure off. No, this ain't the time for... For a... Hmm, smells good. Logan grabs the glass and throws it back. He slams it on the bar. Give me the damn bottle! Okay, big spender. Don't, but don't pass out on my bar or else Rogue will toss you out with the recycling. Get it? Because he's metal. Madeline, <laughs> Madeline brings Logan the bottle of whiskey. Suddenly, Gambit enters the bar. Ladies and gentlemen, Rue is here. Cue audience cheer. Gambit walks across the bar. People who have slept with Gambit wave when we get him. By people, I mean literally everyone in this bar. After a very awkward <laughs> exchange across the room, Gambit nearly collapses in the bar stool. Everyone knows Rue's name here. It's more exhausting than a game of Naked Twister, which Rue's played with at least nine people here. Oh, really, Swamp Rat? Uh, Ray, didn't see you there. Uh, looking good. Uh, can Rue get a little gin in this joint? Oh, I got... <laughs> I have... I have been completely disabled by the idea of Rhea Perlman playing Rogue. <laughs> I love it. I, I it. love it. I am I never it. going to recover from that. <laughs> yes, you okay. will. Oh, I've got your gin for you. Rogan picks up the gin and pours it in Gambit's lap. He yells, Guess you've made yourself wet, bio boy. Rogue stomps away from Gambit, who sighs. And this was Rue's new pair of pants, too. I didn't see you wearing them last week. Yeah, but they didn't stay on lawn. 
Logan slams his glass on the bar, just really realizing Gavin is here. Wait, Remy! Rue's been called many things before in the heat of the moment, Mon ami, but Remy ain't one of them. Come on, bub. You gotta snap out of it. It's me, Logan. Yeah, that doesn't narrow it down for me. I've got at least three of those in my address book. We banged! Still doesn't help Rue narrow it down. <laughs> Trap! That's Rogue, by the way, just screaming in the background. <laughs> <laughs> He may be a floozy, but he's a pan floozy. What can I get you, Rue? Actually, Rue was wondering if you could do a little shaking and stirring at the bar at the Lebeau Manor tomorrow night for a fundraiser. You make an enticing offer. Let me check my calendar in the office. Madeline leaves the room and Gambit follows her. Cue phone ringing. A moment later, the phone behind the bar starts ringing. Nobody answers it. Logan looks around the room, not seeing Rogue. He leans over the bar and just answers it. What? Logan, can you hear me? Sage, is that you? Are you in there? <laughs> You're on the telephone, Logan. Where the hell am I, Sage? Why is everybody acting so damn weird? Logan, you must get the others to remember. You're not safe. You're in... The line cuts short. Sage, where did you go? Sage, Sage, can you hear me? Sage, are you still in there? Sage, Sage, hello? Sage, are you there? Sage, where are... Snake? What, what just happened? Snake! <laughs> Logan looks down and realizes, realizes he's no longer holding a telephone, but instead a bottle of whiskey to his ear. Madeline and Gambit walk back to the room. They stop and stare at him. Okay, buddy, maybe it's time to go a little easy on the whiskey. Why does nobody remember our memories? Logan just screams <laughs> crazily and runs out of the back door of the room. <laughs> and they say Rue's an animal in bed. Cue laugh track. Cue transition two. Interior Lebeau Manor afternoon. Katie sits on the couch watching Thundercats. She has a glass of milk on the table. Maddie runs to the room with her guitar. Are they here yet? Nope. Maddie exits the room. Gambit ex- walks into the room holding two identical brown trench coats. Which one of these coats makes Rue look more professional? None of them. Do you think they're here? Nope. Move. Gambit hurries off to his bedroom. Ryan runs into the room. Are they here yet? What do I look like? A doorman? I'll tell you. I'll let you all know when they're here. Katie just starts actually yelling. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so exhausted. Todd walks into the room with his laptop. Uh, Hey, Katie, are they? Katie turns around and glares at him. Okay, I'm not going to finish that question. (laughs) (laughs) Maddie walks into the room. Do you think they still like cookies? I like cookies. Who wants a cookie? You know, Xanax was invented for a reason, right? Sorry, getting our bosses to go with the whole location change on the fundraiser is stressing me out. That's because nothing anyone ever does will please them. In that moment, Emma Frost walks into the doorway of the kitchen into the living room behind Ryan. She's wearing designer clothing. They're overbearing, annoyingly persistent, backbiting, conceding, catty nightmare witches. Everyone is just staring at Ryan. He pauses. And they're right behind me, aren't they? Ryan turns around to see Emma. Boo. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan screeches. It falls backwards, crashing into the sofa. They're here. (laughs) Cue laugh track. Hey, Joanna, you're looking great today. If I could delete everything that you have somehow managed to make it so that everyone is following a line <laughs> Wait, with what? another line with somebody else that they're playing. It's amazing. Oh my god. I, well, it wasn't intentional. If I could delete everything that just came out of his mouth, I would. Please, darling, if you sewed his mouth shut and locked him in the basement, it would still not be enough to silence the shrewd sound of nails on a chalkboard. We don't have a chalkboard. 
And you don't have an ounce of thought. Ryan looks really confused and backs up into Katie, tripping over and knocking over another glass of milk. Oh no, the milk! Cue laugh track. I swear he's a magnet for this. And you know what would go great with that milk? A nice warm cookie. If I wanted to choke and suffocate, I would have thrown myself off a boat in the Atlantic Ocean. I told you to go with the snickerdoodle recipe. You could help us, Estelle. Oh no, I'm good. I'm well entertained watching this train wreck. I uh, noticed you're alone, Joanna. So does that mean... Suddenly, Mr. Sinister throws the door open. He's wearing fabulous designer clothing. The audience cheers. What was that? (laughs) Sorry I'm late. I was caught up in so much work in the office, you know. It's not easy being an award-winning designer and event planner. None of you could possibly understand what it's like to be at this level of sheer perfection. I was nearly drowning in autographs on my way to the front door. Mr. Sinister dramatically throws himself onto the couch. So you woke up late and hungover again. How could you possibly make that accusation of someone who is clearly better than all of you? Darling, the huge vampire bags under your eyes are a dead giveaway. Now I'm <laughs> Bostoning yeah. for some reason. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, no, but the but Massachusetts Academy she and the school was Boston. the Massachusetts Academy. <laughs> Emma is a Bostonian with a fake British accent. I think that's her vibe, and you're you're selling it. I'm just going to roll with it. It's fine. Mr. Sinister screams, what? And then he takes out his phone. Jonathan, cancel all of my plans for tonight. I'm going in for a very important investor meeting. I'm going to get a facial. Hands up the phone. (laughs) Oh, darling, it's not. uh... (laughs) Okay. Rewind noise. Oh, darling, it's not that bad. A little cover-up will fix those minor imperfections on your ageless face. All I do is work and work like a machine that never powers down. Nobody could possibly understand the extreme stress that I endure every day to keep this company afloat. Don't be so hard on yourself, darling. If anything, it's the incompetence of your staff here that is leading to the demise of your perfectly sculpted face. We're right here, you know. Right here. I'm well aware. Emma picks up a nearby glass of water and drinks it. She spits it out. What in the hell is this dirt? (laughs) That's water. (laughs) Disgusting. (laughs) Emma walks over to Gambit's bar and pours herself a glass of vodka. She sips it. Oh, thank God. Laugh track. (laughs) Why do I keep hearing laughing? Tell you what, darling, why don't we go on vacation? I can't! I can't! We have the fundraiser tomorrow! Fine, darling, but perhaps some retail therapy. Well, you know, I realized who these two are supposed to be, and it's helping me think up an accent. <laughs> Fine, darling, but perhaps some retail therapy will help set your mind straight. Yay! Todd gets it. Oh, oh, splendid idea then. A little shopping wouldn't hurt. We have the time, and we could stop by that fancy new bar on the way. It's five o'clock somewhere, am I right? Let me call Jonathan and have him bring the car around. Ryan screams in his best Joker voice. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Sinister gets up and heads towards the door. Emma grabs the bottle of vodka and follows him. Okay, well, I guess we'll see you later then. Bye, Jennifer. But we haven't even told them that we lost the venue. Everyone stops and glares at Ryan. Mr. Sinister <laughs> Emma slowly turn around. You lost. What? What? What did we lose? Not we. You. We lost me? No. <laughs> what? What do you mean what? You still haven't explained who. What is this? Who's on first? Betty. We lost the venue. I know. That's what I'm trying to tell Jennifer. <laughs> Todd's dying in the background. <laughs> <laughs> I, need, I need a second, sorry. 
Well, don't hurt yourself using your last three brain cells, darling. Do you know how hard it is for me to run this company? For you to just lose a venue? It took me... Three days. It took me weeks to secure the date for this fundraiser. But I suppose you pathetic Haggard employees would have no idea what it's like to... What it is... Be, oh my god. I have, no what I, was trying, what, I have no idea what I charge right here. But I suppose you pathetic Haggard employees would have no idea... What it's like to be an established brand professional such as myself. My reputation will not be ruined by your insolence during the cloaky, cloaky, cloaky. Mr. Sinister's voice fades away as everyone around the room freezes again. Katie doesn't seem to notice as she's watching Thundercats on the TV. And Lionel goes, cloaky, cloaky, cloaky. Lionel's face shifts into the character Discorda. Uh, Discorda, I'll just, I guess, Matt, do you want to be Discorda? Sure. Cloaky. You have to stop him before he does to you what he did to Cloaky. The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> the TV turns to static and then it's color bars. Cue doorbell. Gambit sexily runs across the room. Ruse got it. Are you expecting someone? Nope, Cher, but it might be that hot mailman delivering Rue a package. Gambit opens the door. Professor Xavier is sitting in his wheelchair with a big stupid grin on his face. Cyclops pushes into the room. <laughs> he means his dick. <laughs> why, Rue? I didn't... I did, why? <laughs> why? Can't, why? Rue? Why? <laughs> why, Rue? That's it. That's the whole line. Yep. <clears throat> why, Rue? I didn't know you thought so pleasantly of me. Cyclops goes... Yeah. Oh, Dr. Charlie, <laughs> you're so witty and charming. Is he so witty and charming, everyone? I'm glad I work for you, Dr. Charlie. Dr. Charlie is the best ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I still have line knows Rue now. Rue was expecting someone to deliver him a nice package, but he ain't going to say no to a checkup, Doctor. In the pants room. Oh, Rue's just teasing. Why did you come in, Doctor? We were just passing by and saw that Jennifer and Joanna's car was outside, and we wanted to know if you'd given them the good news. Unless it, sh- unless it involves shopping and a stiff martini, I can't imagine what good news any of you heathens could bring me. We have a resolution for the venue. Didn't they tell you about it? Who? You. But why would we tell them about me? No, about what we fixed, what you lost. Wait, what got lost? Oh, for fuck's sake, Betty. Your virginity got lost. Well, that's not very good. Tell it to come back. He means the venue, Betty. We're still on the subject. It never changed. <laughs> and the good news is that Rue here has volunteered to use his lovely abode to host the fundraiser tomorrow. Any and all tips will be accepted. Winks. Please, he wants just the tip. Interesting. And also absolutely absurd. Have you seen this place, Joanna? Oh, yes, it's absolutely charming. Emma just sips the vodka looking directly at Mr. Sinister. But it's crazy enough that it might just work. All right, we'll do it. We will be here first thing in the morning and s- to start the preparations for the fundraiser. Fundraiser. <laughs> <laughs> but we will need to do some redecorating. Like what? Namely, replacing the photos in this household with pictures of me. Ta-ta! Mr. Sinister and Emma leave the house. Hey, guys. Who founded Cloaky Foundation? Cloaky? But who's Cloaky? <laughs> oh, well, he's, um, he's, uh, wait. Do we know Cloaky? There is a crash somewhere from within the household. What was that terrible sound? Perhaps you should check it out, B. Of course, Doctor, because I'm just a regular Nancy Drew. Maddie leaves the room. Exterior Le Beau Lanai. Dusk. Maddie walks out onto the Lanai and looks around. She sees the end of a yellow coat sticking out behind the chair. Hmm. Seems like nothing's going on here. 
Maddie walks back to backward towards the door. She closes it loudly, still standing outside. Jubilee crawls out from behind the chair. Wowee, that was a close one. The only thing you were getting close to was that chair. Jubilee turns around wide-eyed. She grabs the chair and wiggles it. Uh, it's all set. The chair is all fixed. The job well done. It was so easy, not even gonna charge you. I'll see myself out. Jubilee walks towards the door. Maddie grabs the end of her yellow coat. Not so fast. Who are you and what is going on? I'm the chair repair dude. I see chairs. I fix them. I have the kindness of my heart. I'm also really handy with fixing VCRs, which may or may not have been broken by me. Try again. I'm a construction worker. Nope. Dentist. On the lanai? Yeah, it's my new business model. Get some sun while having dental fun. Well, (laughs) bye-bye. Jubilee Jubilee tries to leave again. Maddie notices that there are bags of open potato chips and Oreos sitting behind the chair. Wait a second. Are those Oreos? Are you the reason Snack's been going missing around here? I don't know anything, I swear. Maddie then notices that the grating of the air conditioning vent has been busted open and just behind the chair. Have you been living in the walls? I won't answer to these accusations. Who are you? The name is Professor... Professor Dr. Soleil III. I'm famous, you know. You should consider it a real honor meeting me. Uh Uh-huh. And what's your doctorate in? Bad 80s fashion choices? I like to think my coat is a subtle flair of my personality. As subtle as a traffic light, maybe. Well, off to my fashion empire. You know, I have a doctorate too. It's in reading bullshit. Why are you really living in our walls? (sighs) I've got no family. Nowhere to go. Just me. The coat on my back. My wit. My talent in storytelling. Maybe you should work a little more on the last one. Really? I've got a great fairy tale about an orc named Logan. I can't believe I'm saying this, but why don't you stay inside the house? And I don't mean behind the wallpaper. Really? Would you do that just for little old me? Rue has built so many bedrooms in this house to fit whatever Moody's in that I'm sure we can manage to spare one for now. After the fundraiser tomorrow, we'll sort this out. Jubilee fiercely shakes Maddie's hand. Oh, wow, we do it. Thank you. I won't break any video cameras, microwaves, phones while I'm here. Promise you won't regret this. All things Ryan Pagella is broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but did she put a phone in the microwave? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometimes at the same time. Yeah, it's a, it's a multi-talent I have. Mm. Jubilee runs inside the house. Maddie sighs and picks up the garbage left behind on the ground. She walks over towards another door. Maddie opens the door only to reveal wood from the back end of a soundstage blocking it. What? Maddie is cut off by commercial break. Cue Knight Rider theme. A small hover speeder, the ship, cruises along a level from Outrun. The ship. A time travel ship that's sometimes also a cube from a world where man and mutant barely exist. Fancy shots of the ship blinking and posing in front of the neon background. Another shot of the ship as a cube with the sun setting behind it. The shot changes to show Cable driving the ship. David Winters, a time traveler on a Khashoggi to champion against his clone, who brings chaos to the innocent, the helpless, the powerless, and a world of criminals, and also giant talking robots. Superimposed caption, starring David Winters. Series of shots. One, Cable spinning in slow motion while shooting a bunch of... T- I don't know what I was talking about there. Dudes, but I think it's supposed to say... Dudes. 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 dudes, dudes. <laughs> Cable just throwing money at people. And then shooting it? Somebody signed me up for that. Two, the ship's dashboard meter showing you numbers like 69 over and over again. Three, cable being shot at, jumping and freezing midair, a shaking camera spinning around it. Then he high kicks a dude in the face. Four, cable driving the ship through the glass entrance of the building. Interior building night. The ship crashes through the entrance, glass exploding everywhere, and hits Logan, who flies backwards into a wall. Cable jumps out, gun drawn. Okay, scumbag. I got you on your knees. You know what comes next. Logan bursts through the rubble, claws out, screaming, and tackles Cable to the ground. Usually, I do dinner first. Cable presses the gun against Logan's head. Now tell me, where is he? 
Cable, snap out of it. Your fight ain't with me, bub. You're right. It's with the both of us. Ship. The ship shoots lasers out of its headlights, knocking Logan off Cable. He cocks his giant gun. Katie's dying in the background. (laughs) (laughs) This baby is loaded and ready to blow. Damn it, Cable. This ain't the time. You gotta use those damn mind powers of yours to see what's really going on here, bub. You really think you can fool me with your mind games? You're the one who can do the mind games. Don't you remember our memories? The only memory I'll be making today is when I get your head. Say goodnight, soldier. Cable shoots Logan with his charged up gun. Logan is blasted backward through several walls. He blasts through the sets of Full House, Family Matters, Designing Woman, Saved by the Bell, Boy Meets World, and Small Wonder. Logan crashes through another wall, running outside directly into a fountain. It's exterior fountain night. The hell is going on around here? Logan climbs out of the fountain and sees that there's a big couch sitting in front of it. Uh, cue the Friends theme, superimposed, captioned mutants. One by one, the nasty boys appear on the couch, including Ruckus, Gorgeous George, Slab, Hairbaggin, and Ramrod. So no one told you life was gonna be this way. The nasty Just boys all <laughs> yeah, the nasty boys all appear standing up now as they clap their pop-opening rainbow-colored umbrellas. Mutant and queer, we hear your love, your love, love life, life, sex, sex all, all day. day. The nasty boys now appear in the fountain, hardcore making out with each other. Little Mr. Sinister rubber duckies float around them. Get me the hell out of here! Logan <laughs> pops his claws and charges across the grass and into an office building. He sees the door, screams, and instead crashes through the window. Interior doctor's office, night. Logan lands in a room that appears to be a therapist's office on one side of the room and a radio station on the other side. Oh my Beast God. walks. Th- oh <laughs> He's just no. like dead already. <laughs> Beast walks through a door into the room. Oh my stars and garters, are you all right? Just fell on my ass, bub. Nothing it don't like. Wait, Hank? You seem to be suffering from a concussion. You must have hit your head coming through the window. My name is Dr. Grammer. Please take a seat. Beast leads Logan over to his couch. Beast brings Logan a glass of water. The hell is that? It's water? That's the second time I've delivered (laughs) (laughs) Not on purpose. This is actually really funny. (laughs) Why isn't there whiskey in this? Tell me, are you a chronic drinker? The hell are you implying, bub? It was a simple question, a query to merely examine your mental wellness. The hell's wrong with my mind? You're the one who ain't remembering what's right. Hank, this ain't you. And who is this Hank? (laughs) You. Hank. You're Hank. Hank. There ain't nobody's blue and furry as you except Cookie Monster. I'm afraid that isn't so, my ragged new acquaintance. I am Dr. Grammer. Sometimes I'm a psychiatrist. Sometimes I'm a radio talk show host. Depends on my mood. This is why we must embrace our emotions and what we truly want. Now, what is your name? You know who I am, Hank. It's me, Logan. (laughs) And how exactly are we associated, Mr. Logan? We've been fighting the good fight side by side for years. Got a little hot and heavy, too. (laughs) (laughs) It's Orcar Fowler all over again (laughs) Oh boy And tell me Mr. Logan Where are we now? The hell if I know One second we're battling Sinister and his fairy boys Next we're all in here in some kind of TV show hell land Where everybody's playing fucking patty cake And baking cookies (laughs) The fool doth think he is wise But the wise man knows himself to be a fool William Shakespeare We ain't got time for your dictionary encyclopedia crap, Hank. We gotta get the hell out of here. Mr. Logan, have you perchance thought that the reality you think you know is just that of a dream? What? (laughs) (laughs) That perhaps you are creating a fictional environment in your head 
to escape the reality of a greater trauma or tragedy? I ain't following you, bub. <laughs> Miss Lucas is like, what? <laughs> Just on purpose, like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Mr. Logan, you are living in a delusion. You're not willing to accept reality and have created a parallel universe inside your own head, avoiding the real-life consequences of your own actions, like leaping through my window. But this isn't reality, Hank. That's what I've been trying to tell you. And how would you be able to prove this claim? Because I know my memories. At least some of the time. Damn it, Hank, where are yours? (laughs) Mine are... Mine are... Locked... Away. The cue phone rang. Suddenly the phone rings, interrupting Beast's train of thought. He shakes his head. Excuse me. Is that the water said? Today or any day that phone may ring and bring good news. <laughs> but, Sorry, I read ahead. No, you're, it was like good. I, I think I, I could have written that cue in there, and I didn't. But uh, thank you, Todd. Uh, Beast lets loose a hearty laugh and walks into the room to answer the phone. Logan looks around the room. He spots the radio broadcasting equipment. Logan leaps up and runs into the room. Logan stares at the equipment, then bangs on it repeatedly while flipping switches. He picks up the microphone. Hello? Is anybody in there? Can, can you hear this? It's it's me, Logan. Uh, Maddie, Ryan, Todd, Katie, are, are you in there? This is fake. All of this is fake. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm not a crook. I feel like I, I've got a little... <laughs> this is fake. Everything's fake. I kind of like the idea that Logan would pick up a microphone and go into like this 40s like radio show device. <laughs> okay, we are pretty much just doing a Mercury Theater of the Air thing this entire show right oh, yeah. now. So. Cue transition music for Interior Le Boom Inner Night. Katie enters the kitchen and shuffles over to the fridge, crouching over to it and rummaging around. Shortly after, Ryan walks into the kitchen. Estelle, what are you doing in here? Looking for a secret stairwell that connects to my bedroom. There's a stairwell in the refrigerator? I'm getting a midnight snack, dumbass. <laughs> well, I hope it doesn't fall down the stairs. Cue laugh track. Stop laughing at me! Todd enters the room. <laughs> oh, good. You're up too, because of course you are. Couldn't sleep? With an impending event in our house with a fuckload of people? Absolutely not. Maddie enters the room. And to answer your question, no, it isn't morning. Glad to see nobody else could sleep. We're doing a great job. I tried sleeping, but I stared at the ceiling for three hours with We Don't Talk About Bruno stuck in my head on loop. <laughs> Gambit enters the room wearing a sexy nightgown. Girls, gents, Rue ain't getting a wink of sleep tonight. I wouldn't be either if I was hosting a huge event in my home. Oh no, Rue ain't worried about that. He's got a beautiful lady and handsome gentleman asleep in his bed. Are you a Thundercat? Because I keep hearing someone scream, Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Ow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i once heard that if we were all awake at the same time it meant that we all couldn't sleep thank you for the riveting statement cabin insomnia you're welcome i guess all of our minds are preoccupied tonight yeah my mind's been racing tonight something seems really weird and off lately and i can't quite figure it out but i feel like something's it's like out of place you sure you weren't playing wordle <laughs> No, it feels more like my mind is trying to remember something, but it can't. That was so defensive. No, <laughs> it's like, damn it. <laughs> the script got too real. <laughs> um, oh, Ryan, sorry, I'm drinking. Ryan. And then everything uh, came oh, to a screeching halt because I interjected a joke. Everyone's, like everyone's quiet. Ryan's drinking water. Um, <laughs> it's like we ain't playing with a full deck of cards. 
Or that we slept through an alarm and missed our train. Uh, probably not a great sign. You know what this calls for, girls? Therapist. No, Midnight Sweets and Stories. That will help us remember what we're missing. I'll get the Oreos. And the cheesecake share. I've got the milk. Who wants some tea? Oh, my God. What is even happening right now? (laughs) Maddie grabs the Oreos from the cupboard and places them on the table, followed by Gambit, who grabs the cheesecake. Katie pours milk into glasses and places them around the table. They all take a seat around the table, handing out cheesecake and Oreos. Maddie, you're going to die. I'm sorry. Organizing and then this Maddie event. read the rest of the 30-page script. <laughs> no, it's just like what she's going to read is going to like make her rage because she doesn't know what this is. So okay. anyway. You know, organizing this event brings me back to when I was on a show years ago. I wasn't playing a lead, so I was able to help backstage during my scenes. Well, after the, my big scene was over, I walked backstage and the stage manager approached me and she said, I have to go deal with an emergency, but I'll be right back. And I remember her handing me the headset and I felt so anxious that I almost dropped it right there. But I remember what she said to, as she handed it over to me. Don't worry. Nothing will go wrong. (laughs) Maddie's already like, oh, no. I remember this story. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And you found your confidence when the show succeeded. Hell no, Betty. You were there. The whole show was immediately derailed, and it spun wildly out of control. What happened, Cher? Some security guard at the venue came in, started waving his arms around like an inflatable tube man, screaming that we had to stop the show. That sounds like a total nightmare. It was. And we did end the show abruptly. And then what? Then nothing. The show was over. But what about the rest of the show? We didn't finish it? Betty, why are you asking me these questions? You were literally on the stage. I guess I forgot. But this does remind me of a time back in Natick. Mm. Everyone audibly grows. Uh. <laughs> Please, Rue's got to keep his good looks and charms intact. Don't suck the life out of him. I promise you this story's a short one. I have a hard time believing that, but go ahead. Maddie, Maddie things that Maddie said before we started things recording I've said, this literally, today. Things this I've script. literally said to Ryan every day. So one time when I was a kid, we were preparing for a party at our house. The whole day was just totally crazy from the moment I woke up. First, I got out of bed. Then I made the bed. After that, I opened the closet door. Inside the closet, I looked at I looked through my clothes. I picked some clothes. Then I put them on. Next, I went to the bathroom. What the hell are you reading from your bullet journal? Get on with it already. Well, important details aside, I went downstairs <gasps> to see everyone in a state of panic. My mom was on the phone while my dad was neurotically cleaning the house. My sister was carrying heavy boxes up the stairs and was mad at me for not helping for some reason. The Beanie Babies were banging, banging their forks and knives against the dining room table, screaming, We want food because I hadn't made the pancakes yet. The... The Beanie Babies? Yeah. The Beanie Babies? Yeah, they gotta eat too. (sighs) Yeah, we wouldn't want the bean-filled plushies to starve. After I got the Beanie Babies fed, they (laughs) ate like 25 pancakes between all 15 of them. Maddie and Todd just glanced at each other. (laughs) I I wish we could film that. We are. In a way, we are. Yeah. In our minds. I walked into the living room and bumped into my friend, Balloonie, the talking balloon. He told me that my friend was on the way, but that my other friends down the street knew about it and looked into lookout because they weren't invited. Uh, talking balloon told you this? Yeah, what's, why is that weird? I don't trust wearing a rubber, and now you're telling me the damn thing can talk? Maybe you should wear a rubber room. Not rude, Cher. He's all natural. And how many illegitimate children do you have? Anyway, I was about to go out the door. Sorry, Katie. Anyway, I was about to... Katie's like, are you reading that? <laughs> anyway, I was about to go out the door to deal with this when suddenly I heard someone call out to me. There on the TV was my good friend, Knuckles. Oh, for fuck's sake, not Knuckles. <laughs> 
<laughs> Knuckles asked me if he had seen his emeralds. I hadn't, but I promised I would look out for him, look for them while I was out. How in the hell was he talking to you through the TV? The power of friendship, that's how. I then went outside to do my paper route when my good friend Panthe the Talking Panther caught me off guard and... Oh my god, will you get to the point of this story before we all die? Please, Betty. Well, the point being that the stress of the event would have been a lot less stressful if I had just told my friends that they were all invited instead of inviting only certain people. That's it. That's the end of your story. How is that relevant? I don't know. I just thought it was a good story. Well, you thought wrong. Rue's got a good story. One with many twists, turns, bends. Yep, I'm sure it bends over just like you. You play, share. Back when Rue was young, there, this here mansion was the rival of the great Boudreaux's. Of course, Rue was playing on both sides. After all, he liked a little bit of both. Well, one day, Rue was chilling in the bayou naked with his best friend, Miles. Why were you naked in the bayou? Playing a game with Keep the Gator Away. More like you two were playing Grab the Snakes. Nah, that was after when Rue's brother, Robbie, found us doing Don't Wake Daddy. Boy, was he angry. He went, he went on home and told Pop about that one, and he earned Rue a bare-ass spanking. What the fuck <laughs> is this story now? <laughs> Who's getting to it, Monami? It, it was it wasn't the only time Rue got dirty down got the da, da, down. <laughs> it wasn't the only time Rue got down and dirty in the bio. One time Rue saw the Brujura boys catching them opossums and decided it was time to play a little prank on them. You see, Miles and Rue came up with a plan to release an opossum in the boys' bedrooms. When Miles and Rue snuck in there, they found the most gorgeous room they had ever laid their eyes. Darn eyes on Belle. Of course, our rival houses couldn't have that, so Belle and Rue kept their relationship a little secret. It was a real Romeo and Juliet situation. Didn't Romeo and Juliet die at the end of that story? I suppose it's up to interpretation. You died? <laughs> yes, Betty, and now he's visiting us from the grave like the ghost of Christmas past. Cue laugh track. Are the people laughing ghosts too? Rue and Bill had an affair all over each house, in the woods, down in the bio, in the barn, on the motorcycle. What are you doing? Trying to have a sexual journey to the tune of 50 nifty United States? (laughs) (laughs) Please. Rue's already beaten that bingo card. Eventually, Belle caught Rue getting dirty with Gerald, and she stepped on Rue so hard that he he thought he lost Rue Jr. After that, the family saw the pain we were in and settled the differences with an exchange of a butter dish. Listening to you tell that story, Maine, folding laundry sound fun and it could be fun <laughs> if we take these boards that i've got <laughs> was there a point to that story nah rue just said he had a good story it's incredible to me that you all think these are good stories <laughs> <laughs> okay picture it the lobo man or kitchen 2021. Actually, wait, it's 20, I should probably say it's 2022, but I guess I was writing this when it was still December. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's right now. That's the point, Captain Obvious. We're all here talking about some memories where we overcame great odds. Granted, some of them were more idiotic than others, but they're still accomplishments. Whatever happens at the fundraiser, we've got this. Estelle's right. Maddie raises a glass of milk. To our memories. They all raise a glass of milk. Our memories! <laughs> they all click glasses, except for Ryan, who smashes his into the celebration, shattering the glasses and spill milk everywhere. He falls backward. Real slick, Butterfingers. You gotta clean that shit up? There's milk in my eyes! Okay, I guess I'll get the paper towels. Todd walks over to the counter where there is a radio. With a bit of static, it comes to life. It's me, Logan, Maddie, Ryan, Todd, Katie. Are you in there? This is fake. All this shit is fake. 
The radio noise cuts off. What the hell? Todd picks up the radio and sees that it's not plugged into an outlet. Outlet. Wait. Todd is, Todd is cut off by a scene transition. <laughs> Q transition five. Interior Le Beau Manor day. The whole room has been decorated for the Cloakie Foundation fundraiser. Maddie is setting up equipment for a band. Madeline bartends while Rogue hands out drinks. Mr. Sinister and Emma mingle with guests, which include all the nasty boys and also Beast. Cable walks around the room with a huge movie star glasses, sunglasses, signing autographs. Todd approaches Maddie. So... There's a bunch of people in the kitchen dressed like they're here for a special glammed out episode of Galaxy Quest, and I'm absolutely fucking losing. <laughs> yeah, there's bonkers stuff happening in there. Just tell them we're about to start. Todd walks out away. Jubilee walks over with a tray of Oreos. She holds them out to Maddie. Order, madame. Color me shocked that these are the best appetizers we could come up with. Not that I'm complaining. Thank you. Maddie takes an Oreo as Jubilee does a weird curtsy and walks away. Ryan walks over to Maddie. Has the event started yet? No, Betty, we've all decided to gather here to watch the dust settle on the carpet. I mean, have Jennifer and Joanna done their opening speech yet? I was just preparing their microphones for them. Good, because I'm going to get everyone a glass of milk for the Oreos. No, no more milk. Stay away from the milk. We do not need any more dairy-related catastrophes. But what about almond milk? I mean, it's still milk. Almonds are made of milk? (laughs) <laughs> Gambit passes by and stops at this comment. If y'all just wanted to get some milk, Rue's got plenty for you. Winks. Gross. <laughs> Rue's just... I really enjoy the idea that he didn't wink. He said... Winks. Winks. <laughs> <laughs> he might. It is Gambit. Rue's just playing. What this party needs is a cold glass of champagne. Hey, Ray! Rogue turns around and her hands, her hands on her hips. She's pissed. Why don't you get everyone here a nice glass of champagne? Why don't you take your foot and shove it up your own ass, swamp rat? Rogue storms away. <laughs> She's wild about me. That's one way to read the situation. Oh, then other Maddie. Don't worry, Rue. I'll keep everyone happy this one hour. Madeline spins a martini shake uh, or martini shaker around and pours some drinks. Katie walks over to the <laughs> Katie walks over to the snacks with a bag and slowly places some cookies into it. Estelle, what are you doing? Taking these back into the kitchen for inspection. Put the cookies back. Okay, but if they aren't satisfactory for the guests, it's your funeral. I'm sure we'll live. Mr. Sinister dramatically throws himself at Maddie, and, uh, at Maddie with Emma behind him. I'm going to die! Oh no. This fundraiser is a failure. I can already tell. Look at all of them, sipping their champagne and mingling. They're judging me! Joanna, darling, fetch me a drink. Emma picks up a bottle of champagne off the table. She pops the cap and hands on the bottle. Mr. Sinister drinks straight from the bottle. It's time to remind them why I am the Jennifer who runs the organization. B, the microphone. Maddie passes Mr. Sinister the microphone. Mr. Sinister steps up, to a small, steps up onto a small stage built into the living room. Ladies and gentlemen, we gather... <laughs> Mr. Sister also screams. <laughs> Mr. Sister screams. Winks. 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 <laughs> we gather here today to honor the great Cloakie Foundation through this incredible event organized by none other than me. Cheers to me. Everyone raises their champagne glasses. Wow. Way to throw us right under the bus. Tonight's goal is to raise 10K for the Cloakie Foundation, which helps educate those miserable, wretched things called... Children, donations will be collected by my dearest and only capable associate, Joanna. Thank you, darling. I am the only intelligent one here qualified for the job. The only thing you're qualified for is dancing at the bar at Nida's Strip Club. Damn! 
I'm going to point out that it doesn't say strip club, but Katie added that. I don't know why it doesn't have the audience saying damn there. Damn! All the people from the bar earlier are like, damn! That was not on purpose. Without further ado, I introduce you to the band for tonight, the Star Jammers! Cue audience chair, Corsair, Hepzibah, Raza, and Cho all run into the room in their weird Galaxy Quest costumes and jump onto the stage. Corsair takes the microphone, Raza on guitars, Hepsipa jumps onto the bass, and Chode is on the drums. Todd walks over to the rest of the Golden Mutants. Uh, I'll go to Corsair. Who's ready to blast off into space? Everyone cheers and claps. I told him not to say that, and yet, there it is. <laughs> Do Grease Lightning! We're not doing Grease Lightning. I am going to take you all into warp speed. Who's ready for a meteor shower? Everyone cheers again. Hit it! Chode clicks the drum strips together. The band starts playing. Cue Space Age love song. <laughs> Everyone starts dancing. <laughs> Ryan does the Macarena. Katie does the Cotton Eye Joe. Madeline passes drinks out to the beat. The nasty boys grind against each other. Jubilee full-on headbands. Gambit pulls Rogue into a swing dance, and she's suddenly enamored by him. Emma stands there and judges everyone while sipping their champagne. Logan enters the room through the front door out of breath. <laughs> Cue audience cheer. He spots Ryan in the crowd. Logan and Ryan lock eyes. My mind, my memories. Logan walks into the center of the room where Ryan is standing. Everyone dances around them while they continue to stand in place. Oh, wow. Hi, um, Betty. I mean, I'm Betty. No, you eat. Your name's Ryan, and you've got to remember who you are. <sighs> You'll, you gotta, all of this, it's not real. You're so... It's all a dream, bub. You gotta remember our memories. Our memories? All of this shit. It's like some kind of sick TV show. If there's anyone who knows anything about being on camera, it's you. Logan grabs Ryan by his shirt, shocking him. And shaking him. He does not shock him. out of it! Snap shot? Ryan's eyes suddenly actually take a picture of Logan's face. It's really close up and blurry as usual. Nobody seems to notice because they're dancing. Ryan is suddenly freaked out. What was that? Was that lightning? What's happening in here? That's you, bub. The real you. The one I... The one who would know better about all the crap that's going on here. Haven't you noticed that things ain't right about this place? Things happen when it's convenient. People are laughing and cheering. You can hear the laughing and cheering too? Yeah, bub. And I knew you would too. Nobody knows a sitcom better than you do. But this can't be a TV show. If it's a TV show, that means there are cameras. Ryan turns his head to look out towards the audience, breaking the fourth wall. It's dimly lit and filled with hundreds of weird aliens and monster creatures. There are several lights on them and cameras sweeping across the scene, controlled by tentacle monsters who look like the crane. Ryan looks back at Logan, really freaked out. What's happening? What are those things? Where am I? Who am I? That's usually my line, bub. If I'm the person you say I am, and this is a weird and twisted nightmare TV show, then this is all a soundstage. Yeah, I hate to break it to you, but it ain't real, bub. None of it is. But you're real. You're... you're... Finally, after a fucking year of writing this fucking season, Logan pulls Ryan in and gives him a long kiss, even after we've teased it multiple times. That's the sound they make. <laughs> they sound like little... Like, Parents? Oh my wow! God. <laughs> the sound—the sound of a bat it's like, hanging <laughs> in the room. Apparently. I don't—I don't know how to make it loud. 
even though it needs to be as like tongue filled and spit filled. It's more oh like. <laughs> <laughs> you know that sound when they they get the water out of your mouth and cleaning your teeth at the dentist. That. That, that noise. Yeah. <laughs> Katie's Katie's grossed out. The sexiest sound ever. <laughs> I love so sorry, when I yeah when I think of the dentist, I just get turned on. How cute were you while you were writing this thing? Uh, no, I actually wasn't. But it's now now who knows? Cute audience woo. It's a mat. You're in danger. It's magical. Of in full of 80s music on the set of Golden Girls, exactly as Ryan would have ever dreamed. They pulled away from each other, gazing into each other's eyes. Logan, you're... Logan. Sorry, I wasn't here sooner. But... Why? <laughs> but... Katie's fast forward. Sorry, this is... Let me get my... T- Katie's like, let me get the Tebow remote. Uh, but... But why... Why can't I remember? I've got a theory on that. Hold that thought. Logan walks over to Emma, who is still drinking her champagne. She looks at Logan up and down, judging his whole, his whole existence. Who let the Neanderthal in here? Em, it's me, Logan. You gotta remember who you are to stop this shit show. I don't know what strip mall you rolled out of, but my name is Joanna. Joanna. <laughs> Ryan, Ryan runs over to Logan and Emma. No, he's right. I heard this all the way from over there somehow. Something is very wrong here. We're not who we think we are, and we're in some kind of freaky TV studio. That's why I keep hearing people laugh at me. You men are always inventing the wildest of ideas, but your attempts to woo me do not enamor me. Beast walks over to the group. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> no, you're okay. Is there, <laughs> is there a problem here? Back off, Hank. You again. Do not mind him. This man is delusional. No, he's not. You're the delusional one. Oh, my stars and goddess, have you started a cult? Maddie walks over to the group. Why is everyone in this corner? (laughs) Who's the weather daddy? What is going on? B, this place isn't real. We're on TV. What? (laughs) And her name ain't B. It's Maddie. And she's a badass keyboard guitar player trapped in some kind of white picket fence Brady Bunch bullshit. Y'all are. These two are clearly suffering from delirium, perhaps induced by ingesting hallucinogenic... Perhaps induced by ingesting... Oh, yeah. Which is, I think, what that was supposed to be. You're right. Hallucinogenic drugs. Wait. Somebody called me earlier and called me Maddie. Why do you think I'm Maddie? I think because that's who we really are in our memories. Everybody drink. <laughs> there isn't a music cue here for um, Utada Hikaru, but, but I really feel it, like that should have been be. here. <laughs> Just saying. I know that's which, not what we're parodying. Which one are we but... talking about? Which Utada Hikaru song? There's a lot uh-huh. of them. <laughs> welcome, I got an idea. Welcome to the Mutant Ages drinking game, yeah. where every time someone mentions our memories, <laughs> oh, God, I know. Honestly, I'm surprised nobody else has started that. Drinking you will game. not have a liver by the end of this. <laughs> anyway, Logan says, "I got an idea. M, go into your diamond form. It'll stop whoever it is in your head that's doing this to you. Cut off the brainwaves." <laughs> really? Go into diamond form, please. They may be a girl's best friend, but what you're suggesting is fantasy. Sorry, Em. We, we ain't got no more time for this. Looks like we're doing it the hard way. 
Logan pops his claws. He screams and stabs Emma. Instinctively, <laughs> <laughs> instinctively Emma turns into... Jesus Christ! <laughs> instinctively, Emma turns into her diamond form through her subconscious to block him. Emma drops her champagne, the glass shattering in slow motion on the ground. She looks around the room. What the bloody hell is going on here? Where the hell are we? <laughs> there she is. Welcome back, Em. What in the hell is this devil episode of Designing Women? Somebody's playing with our memories, Em. Well, frankly, I'm pissed. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> takes advantage of Emma Frost without suffering the torturous consequences. What is happening right now? <laughs> <laughs> the end of the psychotic episode. Remember. I, I also got to point out that I really love that Todd has now taken on the Emma Frost voice from like the Floating Hands production. Yes. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm sleeping with your, with your husband. husband. <laughs> Emma Frost dramatically holds her fingers to her head. She comes out of her diamond form and releases a huge telepathic blast that explodes the room. Everyone drops their glasses and instruments. The music comes to a stop. Everyone falls, falls to the room, in which literally everyone in the room screams, My, 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 my memories! No fun, ain't it? Maddie's <laughs> <laughs> Maddie slowly gets up, holding her head. You know, all this time I thought Logan was being a big, overdramatic baby, but it turns out getting your memories back is... <laughs> pretty painful experience and i am going to revisit my opinion on all of this ryan stumbles to his feet logan catches him they gaze into each other's eyes hey there big guy i knew you were in there handsome did i miss something <laughs> todd and katie walk over to maddie and ryan were we really in a golden girls parody and were maddie and i seriously named b and arthur honestly <laughs> i kind of love that for us <laughs> my head feel like my cat's used it like a trampoline. You get used to it after a while. Whiskey helps. Madeline gets up and looks at the alcohol bottle. She shrugs, picks up the whiskey bottle, and spins it around like she was back in the cheers bar, except this time she drops it to the floor and it shatters. Oh man, I don't even get to keep my sick moves. And then Corsair's here. Corsair says, you can spin me around with your sick moves anytime. Oh, you're still here. Can I have my memory wiped again? <laughs> Logan. Those things I stated before about you being delusional, they were merely- They weren't you, Hank. They weren't you. Okay, hold on. Can somebody please explain to to what this- Okay, I'm sorry. Mr. Sinister is now skeletal in my head. That's exactly what just happened. Can somebody please explain to- I can't do Sinister. I cannot do Skeletor. Split it. Come in, you royal boo. Yeah. All right. Can somebody please explain to me what this sheer insanity is and why I wasn't chosen to be the star of the show? This is insulting. It's absurd. It's show business. Mojo comes and he screams, cut, cut, cut. The creepy Mojo crawls onto the set with his huge spider legs. What is this improvisational existential crisis? Nobody wants to watch that. If I wanted reality TV, I would have cast you all in real mutants. What part of Sid's bedroom did you crawl out of? (laughs) I am Mojo, the famous director. My ratings are the highest, and you're ruining it. Yeah, I got some news for you, buddy. We don't work for you. Oh, everyone works for me. I'm Mojo. I don't see a paycheck. Well, you little nightmares are violating your contract. This is where we all admit that we have no idea what is happening right now. <laughs> Logan and I kissed. Wait, what? That finally happened? <laughs> <laughs> 
Enough! Where's the drama, the comedy, the anger, the action? I demand you to fulfill your contractual obligations. I will blast you into the second sun. In that exact moment, Cyclops wheels Professor Xavier into the room. Who's in for a jolly good time at the party tonight? Emma walks over to Xavier. Hello, Charles. Emma turns her hand into a diamond and punches him across the face. Well, I see you've gotten your memories back. Don't hit Dr. Charlie. He's the best. I'm Cyclops, and I love Dr. Charlie. Your use of the term doctor is honestly really insulting. Oh. Oh, fuck. <laughs> As is this little charade. Emma holds her fingers to her head. Cyclops screams and falls to the ground, holding his head. He morphs into Mystique. You bastard. You made me say all those things about you. I will kill you. Excuse <laughs> oh me, but you are all breaking your contracts. Mojo stomps towards him. Uh, Cable steps in front of him with his massive gun. You got one thing right about me. I've got a big gun, and I know how to shoot in your face. <laughs> Phrasing, darling. Gambit thought it sounded good, just like his part. Yeah, my story was almost exactly the same as my real life. That's Jubilee, <laughs> listeners, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it was, though. I mean, like, honestly, like, Jubilee <laughs> and Punky Brewster, similar story. Um, yeah, pretty much. Oh, my God, I just put that together. <laughs> yeah, same. Same. Uh that's enough. Get back onto the set before I call action, or else I will. Listen, you over-caffeinated scorpion, but no man or alien owns us. We are not servants to fill your entertainment bidding. This is an outrage! I demand an explanation. It looks like we weren't the only ones manipulated tonight. Were we, Charles? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, sorry. That I'm, can't be. I'm sorry, Todd, you have to read like three different people now. <laughs> oh, God fucking damn it. That can't be true, Charles. What they're saying, you wouldn't, you couldn't dare. Yes, honk. Xavier, Xavier stands honk. the fuck up. Everyone gasps. Oh, oh right, okay, so oh, no. here we go. Here, oh, here we go. No. I will play this for you. I'm proud of this one. It's pretty good. It is pretty good. He's just crying. Been brainwashing everything. It's been Xavier all along. <laughs> Who's been pulling every evil string? It's been Xavier all along. Makes you delirious, quite so, and oblivious. That you haven't even noticed his evil plan is evil plan, evil, 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 evil. He controls with the timeline's brain. Now that things aren't where they belong. Thanks to Xavier, evil Xavier. It's been Xavier all along. And I ripped Cloakie in half, too. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I did a better job with that than the opening thing, so. No, it's great. <laughs> I was genuinely impressed. Uh, everyone good. stands there, doing their best trying to look shocked, but really everyone <laughs> saw this coming. <laughs> I did do it. There are bigger motivations in play than any of you could possibly imagine. I'm pretty sure there's no scenario that gives you the right to brainwash people. <laughs> oh, juicy! Roll the cameras! I want this to make headlines! I've been going around the timeline making critical changes that will ensure the survival of the future. After all, what is that saying, Cable? Time travel is real, but this isn't how you ride on it. 
See, I told you it wasn't me. You heathens can't comprehend the absurd number of times I've had to go around and fix plot holes on the timeline because of this bald eagle. Then again, <laughs> I can't expect any of you to understand my genius intellect. Right, Emma? Throw yourself off a bridge, you maniac. We're not actually friends. Ow! Ouch! That hurts! Truly! I told you all that Mr. Sinister wasn't a bad guy. He's been the one fixing the timeline. Uh, no, he is a bad guy, just not THE bad guy. Somehow, Xavier manages to be even worse than him. But I knew we could trust him. Based on what? I don't know, he just seems cool. <laughs> Finally, someone <laughs> understands me! Now, why don't we go back to my lab where I can dissect your brain to understand why? Is anyone else gonna point out that Xavier's standing? I don't know why you're so shocked, Katie. He goes back and forth from being paralyzed to standing like a rotating door. This man took me, all of us, against our will to use his pawns in his sick, twisted game. And for that, I will snap your neck. Thank you, Mystique. <laughs> Don't forget, Raven, I can scramble your mind with a sneeze. Actually, Xavier, now that your true intentions are out in the open, I've placed side blocks on everyone in this room. Now, darling, why don't you tell us what miserable future you've fantasized in your mind to validate your actions before I have Mystique break you like a twig? I'm so sorry, Todd. I don't know how this happened. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this happens... Oh, fuck me! Honestly, Todd, okay. this happens to you no matter what we do, no matter how well we yeah, play. Uh, I don't know. A little bit. I... Wow, I'm like a solid 60% of this page. <laughs> <laughs> These changes must be made across every reality and timeline. It is the only way. The Council of Xavier's has spoken. I'm sorry, did you just say Council of Xavier's? <laughs> <laughs> I was making excellent headway until this wretched white queen showed up with this Omega-level mutant. Xavier points accusingly at Todd. <laughs> I'm sorry, but what the fuck? <laughs> Before, you were merely a threat changing reality with your powers. It was a band-aid that would wear off, but now the changes you make stick permanently to reality. Your mutant power may be limited now, but given time and training, you'll be able to edit reality with your very words. Damn, dude, that's badass. All I can do is take pictures with my eyes. So why did you trap us all in a Friday night comedy hour? What does that have to do with anything? It was easier to keep you here under my control. Whenever one of you came close to figuring out or were interrupted by a transmission, I simply had Mojo cue a plot twist or scene change. This way I could keep you all here and out of my way. Oh. <laughs> Why in the seven hells did you think that would work? Perhaps I was overexcited about the idea, which was short-sighted on my part. But now in order to preserve this timeline, the council has decided to give me full control. Xavier holds his fingers to his head. Oh, please. Your pathetic magic tricks won't work anymore. Suddenly, Mystique falls to the ground. She screams. Beast and Rogue follow suit. What is this witchcraft? How are you doing this? <laughs> the council has spoken. Wait a second. This isn't in the script. Everybody run! The audience starts <laughs> screaming and stampeding towards the exit. <laughs> one by one, they fall down, grabbing their heads and screaming. Emma falls to the ground, grabbing her own head. Emma! Get the hell out of here. Continue to the mission. Find Magneto. <laughs> he will know what to do about this madman. Suddenly, the TV in the room turns to static. There's a familiar giggle. <laughs> Loki. Yeah. <laughs> Cloaky comes to the TV with a big, stupid smile on his face. Remember, when you find out someone's secret, it's best to get it off your chest by posting about it on Facebook. Cloaky, how are you alive? 
Come with me if you want to live. Cloak reaches out to Maddie, who grabs his hand. Cable. Get to the time travel gun. It can also switch realities. What about you? I'll stay here. I'm a soldier of war. I don't understand what's going on. <laughs> I don't understand why we're still talking in script format. Oh, yeah. Good point. Maddie reached out for Todd's hand, who grabbed on tight. Cloaky grabbed Katie. Okay, time out. <laughs> I need to make it clear. To this point, page 61 of the script, it has been in centered courier. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And after that line... It's now Let's in aerial 11-point <laughs> caliber. Yeah. It's yeah, actually Calibri, actually. Yeah, you're right. It is. It's uh, a totally I different. hate that this might be the best joke in the whole goddamn <laughs> script. And if I had not mentioned it to you, nobody would have nope. known I know. it. Yeah, it's a joke for us. It's just a oh little formatting God. joke. Now it's for everybody. It yep. is. I'm Thank democratizing you, the jokes. Great. Oh, all right. I'll, I'll bring it home. Maddie reached out for Todd's hand, who grabbed on tight. Cloaky grabbed Katie, who grabbed Ryan. Logan growled and ran at Xavier, but fell to the ground, clutching his head and screaming. I'm not losing you again, Ryan yelled. He reached out for Logan and wrapped his arms around him. Got you. What about Madeline? No. Katie shouted. No. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, Wait, right. did, Katie, did Katie, Katie just say no? Jack shit. <laughs> no, I read my line like I've been doing for the past two hours. <laughs> I know. I know, but we don't have to. Okay, anymore. I'm done okay. Uh, don't worry about me. I've got. I've always got an escape plan, Madeline called out. With that, she kicked out the window behind her and leapt through it. Corsair outstretched his hand towards toward the bar, calling out her name. Go now and get, aw- get as far away as you can from him, Emma yelled. I will do my best to hold him off. Magneto will help. Sage will take, help take you to him. And with that, Cloakie sucked the cast of the Mutant ba- Ages back through the TV. They toppled out into Eldarion 5, where an alarm was echoed through the halls. Cloakie... How did you live after Xavier ripped you in half? Katie asked. That's the magic of Cloakies, Cloakie said with a twirl and a giggle. How about we stick to getting out of here? Todd yelled. Good idea. Let's get off this heap of scrap metal, Mr. Sinister said. Everyone twirled around. Wait, Sinister? Logan cried out, popping his claws. The one and only. Did you think I was going to stay behind in that pathetic world? Someone needs to fix the timelines, and you're all supposed to be heroes, Mr. Sinister said. Suddenly, there was a huge explosion. Let's argue about this later. This place is going to blow, Maddie yelled. What did Xavier do? Hit all the self-destruct buttons on his way over to the Mojoverse, Ryan asked. Mutant ages. Can anyone hear me? Sage echoed in their earpieces. We've got ears on you, Sage, Maddie replied. Come to the South Docky Bay. We will get you off the space station. You're running out of time, Sage commanded. Everyone just screamed. <laughs> then when they were done doing that, they ran through Mr. Sinister's elaborate lair, through the casino, and to the South Docking Bay where the Discorda ship waited for them. They all boarded this ship. Oh, you're all back. We are so excited, Discorda said in the most monotone goth voice she could manage. Maddie slid into the co-pilot seat next to Sage. They nodded at each other, and without a second thought, Sage blasted them into hyperspace. Everyone collapsed on the furniture around the ship. Ryan's head landed in Logan's lap. Katie's cats came running up to her. Todd audibly groaned as Cloaky became a pillow for his head. Maddie sank in down into her seat. Mr. Sinister walked into the center of the room. Well, who else has worked up an appetite? Space Arby's anyone? Mr. Sinister asked with a huge grin. Everyone just stared at him. To be continued in the season two premiere of Mutant Ages, the comic book. And then Yay! 
Does anybody does anybody want to read the in loving memory or am I I'll read it? them. I'll okay. read it. In loving memory of Betty White, B. Arthur, Rue McClanahan, and Estelle Getty. Thank you for teaching us to be a friend, eat cheesecake, and being an inspiration to us all. Yeah. Do you want to read your directors? I do because I think you guys might find. Okay. So this is just just okay. I'll read them. You guys can tell me what you think because there were other versions of this script. In the first concept of the script, Mink was going to be introduced at the commercial break cliffhanger instead of Jubilee. This was going to be a parody of the scene from WandaVision when Wanda opened the door to reveal Pietro. In this script, it was originally Maddie opening the door to discover Mink. When Xavier's mental grip was released, Mink would fall to the floor and transform into Mystique and as a shout-out to D-Men. It was also originally planned to ask Mink to guest on this episode to surprise Maddie. I never talked to her about it, but I was planning. <laughs> but as the script came together, I wrote out this plot twist I wrote out the plot twist because nobody could retain memories of their former lives except for Logan. I like how we're reading the wiki <laughs> yeah, like, trivia right. section. Yeah, I know. Put these oh, I, I mean, I ended up putting them in because I was like, I don't want to forget these other ideas I had because I feel no, like... No, this is good. No, it's great. I... Okay, uh, well, Mink might not be happy when she hears I, I think she will be <laughs> relieved. Because I think she she'll be honored <laughs> that I thought of her, honestly. I think um, she'll be honored that you thought of her and also relieved that she wasn't socially <laughs> she pressured into do doing this. this. Uh, the Star Dreamers was originally f- going to feature Rogue as the lead senior, and there was going to be a number where she's seen Annette Fanachillo's Pineapple Princess because the whole thing was going to be like a tiki bar thing. Right. Um, this would involve a full ha- a full house dance off sequence between Ryan Jubilee with Mr. Sinister as a judge. Obviously, that did not fucking fit in there, and it would make the script <laughs> so much longer to read for kind of no reason. But yeah, I mean, funny. other than to like do a parody of Full House. Yeah, dance dance, dance off. Yeah. Absolutely going to sell really well in an audio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Great point. Yeah. In the original script, after the commercial break, it was going to return to the LeBeau Manor, which had been reshaped to look like the set of Full House, and I had started to rewrite lyrics for the opening credits to be like everywhere you look and. It about mutants but can the idea when i wanted to stick with the golden girls theme uh logan was originally going to retain his memories and play an uncle jesse role to jubilee but i scrapped this idea in the planning stages because i realized it was way funnier if logan was the only person to actually retain his memories because he can't it is much funnier that is accurate yeah Yeah. that was that was the wise decision okay uh, both Gene and Scott were planned to be in the script, but due to the time constraints of the previous episode, there was no way to introduce them without it being clunky. So Scott's role as a, uh, the parody of the nanny then shipped over to Mystique since Mystique was no longer going to be made. Oh, yeah. I did, I did figure out it was the nanny. One, um, I feel like I should have said so Mr. at some point. Sheffield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel, like I, I feel like I should have been doing the voice for Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured it out when Ryan started doing the laugh yeah. and I wanted to interrupt him saying <laughs> it was really good. But, um, the nanny I laugh, so I assume. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Yeah. The Golden Girls cast originally featured Mr. Sinister as Rube simply because I thought it was funny, but I couldn't give that part to anyone else other than Gambit. Let's be yeah. real. Mm-hmm. I also it was perfect started... to have Gambit for what right. it's worth. Yep. And I, I had also started to write a DuckTales opening theme song parody for this, and it clearly didn't fit anywhere, so that was a good <laughs> or funny, and I just let that one go. <laughs> Dick tales. Ooh. I was <laughs> dick tales. <laughs> I originally okay, no guys. It was like muted ages, and I was like, "This is stupid, right?" Um, originally, the entire main cast of the mutant ages was going to be self-aware of the weird TV setting that they were in. Ryan would be able to hear the audience. Maddie would be able to hear the music cues. Katie would be able to recognize when items were being used as a plot device, and Todd could hear the stage directions. I scrapped all of that because I did start writing it, and it was way too complicated yeah, to do yeah. it that way. <laughs> <laughs> That's already giving me a headache. I know. I I mean, that's why I ended up settling with all of you, like, 
kind of having moments where you're figuring out that something was weird. Mm-hmm. So, uh, a very early draft of the script involved Maddie being a news reporter at a television sh- television company to mirror her real life job and Mary Tyler Moore. Mary Tyler Moore. Uh, <laughs> She's gonna make yeah. it after all. <laughs> that would have been funny. It would have been, but again, it did. There was not enough time. I mean, there's I ha- so many. I there's already so many parodies in here. It's quite impressive. Exactly. I mean, honestly, like I had to choose to go with Cheers because I felt like that made the most sense for all those characters. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I loved it. Uh, Mr. Sinister Emma Frost being added as, added as absolutely fabulous was the last decision I made I for this it. script because I had decided Emma was going to be Patsy and I needed someone to be Edie to the Patsy. And I was like, I <laughs> I really have been savoring the image of Joanna Lumley playing Emma Frost <laughs> this whole time. It's truly magical. But like, shouldn't it happen in the MCU? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, only if Jennifer Saunders will play Mr. Sinister. <laughs> yes! which, yeah. That would be incredible. It Just would saying. Be. That would be incredible. Um, originally, Gambit was going to be the Ted Dance in the Cheers parody and also mm. retain the, the character as Blanche. But when I shifted that role to Blanche, I gave it to Madeline because Madeline had a different role originally, which we'll get to. Um, the whole concept of doing a screenplay episode of the Mutant Ages, the comic stemmed from when Agatha was revealed, revealed on WandaVision and I replaced Agatha Xavier while singing the song in the shower to myself. <laughs> I want to point out, like, even even in the dev slack, this has been in the works for much oh, yeah, longer I know. than it you really might has. think it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, there was originally going to be a scene which featured Goliath the Gargoyle meeting Katie, and I really <laughs> not that they would know each other, and it literally made no sense, and I canned it before the script was even written, because, like, <laughs> it was just me trying to do a call-out to Warcraft Valley for no real reason other than I could. <laughs> um, this is a fun run. I was going to ask Katie Hunt to sing the lyrics of the girl, Golden Girls opening and surprise you all with that, but then I did it to make things less complicated, but I, I mean, thought it'd be really I mean, you could still funny. do it. You have a week, but... I feel like I'm asking a lot. Well, I probably could. (laughs) You are asking a lot lot of people to do random shit. Yeah, exactly. Madeline was originally playing the role of the nosy neighbor, but to reflect her part time job status with the mutant ages. But ultimately, the role had to go to Xavier to match the parody of uh, Agatha Harkness. Mm -hmm. Uh, The scene between Logan and Beast initially took place in the bar to incorporate Kelsey Grammer's appearances in Frasier and Cheers. Uh, That's hilarious because you didn't know Kelsey Grammer was Frasier on Cheers. That's how this all came. Yeah, it's all. And then I was like, have you never seen Cheers? And you were like, no, I love Cheers. And I was like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) (laughs) I watched both shows growing up and just thought they were two different Frasiers played by the same guy. What? That makes no sense, Ryan. (laughs) Katie's like, I can't. I can't Um, with you. Oh, my God. (laughs) I can't either, Katie. I can't. Either. I was, I'm still blown away by it. Whatever. Okay. I'm glad we're revealing it to everyone. Uh, during the midnight cheesecake mm. scene, both Katie and Todd had stories, which I did write. And Katie's involved saying picture at Warcraft Valley 1999, but it didn't work because all these cave characters would have been in Warcraft Valley, and we already had too many memories messed up for that to work. Uh, mm-hmm. And the story was then removed, and then I also removed Todd so I could put Todd into the scene where he was going to interact with Logan screaming on the radio. Yeah, so. I really just. One, that's hilarious. Two, I want to observe that all the way through these director notes, every time one of our names comes it's up. In it's in all caps, all, I know. <laughs> all caps. It was just like habit at that point. That's really what was happening. Uh, there was a version of the script where Logan and Ryan's kiss shocked everyone back into reality, but that was way too gay, even for the mutant ages, and it also made no <laughs> fucking sense. Also, the kiss the kiss was one of the final decisions, because originally I was going to wait until season two of Mutant Ages comic. But it's a happen. great season finale, Andrew. I think it worked for what kiss. we needed it to be. 
Uh, Logan's original entrance to the final ceiling was going to be by him crashing through the ceiling during the Star Drummer's performance, which was going to be followed by him screaming around at everyone that they were in a TV show and everyone thinking he was batshit insane. But, like, <laughs> I felt like that joke had been played out at that point, and I just wanted to get to the end of the story at that point. Uh, those yeah. are my director's notes, everyone. Wow. Thank this you. was amazing, Ryan. I can't believe we finished it in an hour and a half, honestly. Yeah, I was going to say, you have, your claim that this would move fast enough for us to finish it in one go was, was yeah. vindicated. Yeah. You should be Okay, should well, be I know pleased. when we read all those other things on the live streams, there's, like, a lot more written within, like, the show notes. And also, all of us just screaming and getting mad. And, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was, like... And, and you like, knew we wouldn't be mad at this. Oh. We would just laugh at it. <laughs> yeah, like, I was be... writing lines that literally you guys would actually say in real life, yeah. so... Mm-hmm. Or doing I, your best. Record, yeah. And this has been true about every mutant ages in the comic. I have been thoroughly impressed by Ryan's ability <laughs> to capture <laughs> my speaking cadence, both spoken and written. I think he does record. it for I'm all of us. Genuinely honestly. impressed with it. It's yeah, pretty. Pl- it's pleasant. It it's fun to read something where it's like, I feel like I would say this. Yep. You know, it's fun. <laughs> Good times. Uh, so that's it, listeners, for this. There is going to be a season two of Mutant Age of the Comic Book that will be normal at the end of the listener. Uh, the listener yeah, it'll mails. be the normal 30 minutes. <laughs> that will be the normal 45 addition to the listener mails. Yeah. I truly love the idea of the word normal being applied to Mutant Age of the Comic Book. <laughs> I really being applied to anything to do with the show. Okay, I like the idea of saying anything's normal at the Mutant Age is period. But, you know, period. I don't know. Also, I didn't do like a write up at the end of this to be like, oh, you know how I always do that thing where I'm like, what's going to happen next time? What's the Council of Xavier's? How is Todd a like a superpowered mutant? Like, that's all Well, stuff that part actually say. makes perfect sense to you me. You literally <laughs> just did it. Yeah, I just, that's <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Will Ryan and Logan further consummate their relationship? <laughs> we'll find out next time. Do you on think Logan and Ryan going to fuck? I don't know. <laughs> Do you think Katie will be even more annoyed in the next story? Probably. <laughs> oh, we'll see you next time. I have a question for Katie. Oh <laughs> Katie, how was your reaction to the Knuckles line? <laughs> okay, so I I, the, one, the one constant of me being in quarantine for the past week has been random images of Knuckles sent to me by Ray. <laughs> Oh, okay, but this this started because wow. we were we've been reading Warcraft Valley, right? And like all these ce- like scenes would be happening in Warcraft Valley, and then I would just write Knuckles into the scene, and Katie would be like, "Why the fuck is Knuckles the Echidna in all these scenes? Why does he come back? Where did he come from?" I'm just and Poochie will be like, "Oh, it's Knuckles. Knuckles is here." It's now. like we made a team of superheroes that involved Logan and Scott and Betty and Jean and Ruth and and, and, and Knuckles and. <laughs> Wow! Kitty and Jubilee and Knuckles again and Charmander. (laughs) So thank you, listeners, for listening, and uh, I hope you come back for us next time on our next episode, which will be back to X Men Evolution. I forget what the next episode is, Uh, but yeah, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for putting up with my insane bullshit. Bye. <laughs> the mutant ages. The mutant.